Hello, I'm Peter Mitchell, and welcome to CUDA's series of podcasts, specially designed to inform and support member credit unions. In this episode, I'm joined by Elaine Lark, Head of Legal and Compliance with CUDA, and Kevin Johnson, the CEO of CUDA. Today, we're going to talk about the proposals contained in the Department of Finance Review of Credit Union Policy Framework. We're going to give you some background on the proposals and outline why they've been proposed and what impact they may have. So, Kevin, maybe can I turn to you first? Could you just maybe give us a, a, a sort of a history or a background to the review? Oh, okay, thanks, Peter. Um, yeah, I won't go back too far, but uh, it, well, it's probably worth noting that actually this month is effect, is actually the tenth anniversary of the uh, final report from the Commission on Credit Unions, uh, which was March twenty twelve, and and in that there 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 was quite a, a, a set, a complex set of, of changes, uh, which saw a whole raft of new governance requirements coming in, new roles such as internal audit, um, risk management and compliance uh, officers. And all of those were, 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 were designed and put in place to, to strengthen the governance uh, by way of supporting the boards. Also, there was support put in place, uh, the um, Rebo was established, which was to help and support credit unions who who wants to engage in mergers. Um, but there there was uh, it, it also led to uh, facilitating new regulations around a lot of the potential matters. Um, but I suppose the area that we were probably uh, disappointed that didn't follow through from the commission's work was around the whole business area actually supporting and enabling more opportunities for credit unions in the business area and um, following that we, we, we did advocate strongly to get a, a review of how those recommendations of the commissions were implemented and that was successfully carried out by um, by CUEC and from that then we actually got uh, the new lending regulations which saw the major shift from uh, the, for example, lending limits moving from being percentages of their loan book to being actual percentages of their uh, assets, and that 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 certainly delivered um, additional capacity to credit unions to lend. It also brought in new categories of loans, such as home loans and uh, small business loans. Um, so while there's still work to be done in in, in terms of uh, uh, how those limits are set um, there is a sort of a tiering in there at the moment there's a basic level and then credit unions certainly credit unions over 100 million can actually apply for uh, those higher levels so we have been um, advocating for the last number of years for certain other opportunities and areas um, and you know where we would see um, a need for a modernization and, uh, to enable more opportunities for credit unions uh, and that um, that actually worked its way into the program for government the the current government that, and uh, um, and we were delighted back in September um, 2020 when the 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 government established um, a policy framework review um, chaired and and uh, handled through um, the Department of Finance uh, and overseen by the um, Minister of State of the, the, the Department, Minister Fleming. So that sort of brings us right up to where we are because uh, yesterday the um, 
March the 10th, we had a, a meeting after almost a year and a half of, of consultation and um, prioritizations of, of proposals and, and, and quite extensive engagement from the minister himself with the various bodies and, and, and other uh, interested stakeholders, um, culminated in a set of proposals which we met with the minister, uh, with the other stakeholders uh, yesterday. And and Kevin, tell me, do, do the the proposals do they, you know, reasonably closely, you know, match what CUDA had originally put forward in in your submission? Yeah, it's a yeah, good question, Peter. Yeah, I think um, yeah, we 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 overall we'd be very happy with with the package of proposals. Um, I think it's it's certainly well known going back over the the last number of years that. Uh, we, we, we certainly felt by modernising certain parts of the Act, um, it would create a lot of new opportunities for credit unions, um, in particular around Section 6 of the Act, which, which determines um, things like the, uh, the, the the common bond. So while, while we're delighted and, and would, would have always advocated to, to maintain the ethos of the common bond and the intent of it, the... the um, you know where where the credit union knows its members and the advantages of that, um, but what we did find was there were some bizarre anomalies because of the way it, it was structured in the act. So, if I could give you a very simple example, Peter, the any credit union could have an arrangement with another financial institution to introduce business to it. So. Um, in the past, for example, we would have seen some credit unions having arrangements with 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 banks or building societies where they would have been introducing mortgages um, uh, to their members through through such an arrangement, but bizarrely could never do it from one credit union to another. So they were the type of things we were saying. Look at this. It just is not right, and there's real opportunities that are being missed. Um, and indeed, in other jurisdictions, the more mature jurisdictions like, uh, like Canada and the US, and that they 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 would have uh, for for many many years now had had facilities where they can share loans and um, things like that across credit unions. Okay. So these were things that we have been advocating for for a number of years on Patria. Um, okay. And okay, very, very good. Delighted to see them working their way into this package of proposals. Indeed, indeed, yes. The and Elaine, can I just uh, turn to you then? It, could you might just outline there was I see there's there's five key objectives in these proposals. Could you just maybe step us through those? Thanks, Peter. I will do so. So there is um, quite a considerable number of amendments in the list of proposals, and they're really encouraging and. They really will make a difference. Now, not everything is there that 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 we look for. We can touch on those at the end, uh, Peter, if we have time, because we are still uh, there's still a number of of other items that, by and large, fall within the technical amendments that we are still uh, seeking to be included, and we're quite confident that we will get those included as well. But just to focus on what is there, um, there it is, as you say, broke broken down into five uh, key areas. The most significant is around the investment investments around the governance and around the the, the lending opportunities, as as Kevin noted there. Uh, in particular, around the investment opportunities, it's primarily 
allowing a more flexible approach to um, entering into CUSOs and uh, and it also introduces the new concept of the, the corporate credit union. Now, this is really to provide a home for uh, mechanisms such as um, a central liquidity system, which would be very common in other in other jurisdictions. So it's, it's just to allow opportunities in that area, allow opportunities for credit unions to, in a more flexible manner, to uh, create CUSOs around lending, around back office supports. And, and this is really encouraging. Uh, other areas then, as Kevin touched on, in relation to the lending, it, it really what, what we will see going forward is credit unions being allowed to enter into their own arrangements with, with each other, whereby they could share the risk of a loan. So if you've large a large uh, a um, community loan, a large SME loan, credit unions would be able to share that risk. And, and this is really feeding into their own risk appetite where heretofore they're saying, you know, the, the, a loan of a particular size is outside of their, their risk appetite. And, and as, as Kevin noted there, credit unions will be able to introduce members to other credit unions. And this is really um exciting development and one that we have been seeking going back since 2017 because heretofore, credit unions need um, a considerable amount of competency and and at a considerable cost to introduce complex lending, such as mortgages, such as SME lendings. And it's not for every credit union, especially the smaller credit unions may not have the competencies in-house or may not have the um, structures in place to do lending, such as mortgages. So they can introduce their members to uh, credit unions that do have that form of, of complex uh, lending. Um, I know my colleague across in, in Bisfin and Corrigan, the head lead there, will be really interested to see changes such as um, the ability to onboard SMEs. I, I mean, a lot of credit unions talk a lot about you know mortgages and mortgages and mortgage limits but but another really developing area for credit unions is around SME lending and uh you know through Bisfin they, they can see the the frustrations in onboarding SMEs because of of the current language which is outdated and the more modern approach and the change that's been uh, uh, brought forward to section 17 will allow credit unions onboard um uh, SMEs, you know, in, in a flexible manner, uh, you know, heretofore, directors had to be members of the credit union and it was, it, it was quite uh, um, outdated. There are, okay. yeah, there, there are other provisions there, uh, Peter, around governance, um, primarily to allow, uh, to, to, to uh, address the, 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 the responsibilities of the board, you know, and which which is is constantly increasing, and it's to, to, to its aim is to address those responsibilities. Um, there's options for the credit unions to allow uh, the CEO to become a, a a managing director. There's provisions there around the amount of times that the board meet, um, and so on and so forth. So really exciting uh, developments there. And finally, and, and one that we, we are really keen to see how it develops too, and we'll be watching closely, is around the whole transparency um, of the the, the, the the interactions and the, of the policymakers, such as um, the Department of Finance, such as government, such as the central bank. And there's proposals there around a memo of understanding uh, between the policymakers. And there's also proposals there around um, service level agreements between the central bank and the, 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 the credit union. So that's really key. And it just helps build that trust between the policymakers and the credit unions. So that's all 
uh, interesting as well, Peter, and we'll be watching that closely as it as, as the heads of bills emerge. Thanks. Okay. So these are, it's pretty exciting developments to, to be fair. And I, I suppose it should be acknowledged that, you know, that the Minister Sean Fleming, you, you know, there's been a lot of lobbying of ministers over the years to, to bring about change within, you know, for, for credit unions that will benefit credit unions. Um, and, you know, Minister Fleming is, is probably doing more now for credit unions than I can recall any minister doing for an awful long time. So he certainly deserves full credit in relation to this. Um, and can I just before I, before I go on? Um, maybe, maybe, can I maybe jump in on that point? Sure, please do. It, 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 it's, it's a good point and, and um, it's, it, it is worth noting as well the process that was put in place and indeed uh, led by the, the ministers, officials in the department. But uh, like the stakeholders did work well together. Um, and one of the things that was really helpful was, you know, we, we kind of imposed a principle of, you know, uh, explain the benefit for credit unions and credit union members. So for things to get into the consideration that that was a factor. And what we did was um, we actually did put, pull together a collective submission. So from the various stakeholders involved, we did actually make a collective su submission to the minister back in February. So when we were about six months into the journey, we pulled it together uh, and, and made that submission to him. So what was what was really sort of um, heightens the optimism here is that we've got a minister who's very supportive um of of trying to enable change and and there's a good need for that by the way you know with with with, with banks withdrawing uh, either in total or in part there there's there's a real need for uh, services in in the, the communities and the credit unions are best positioned to do that so we have a minister that that's w willing to do this we've got a group of stakeholders who who uh, were are positively supporting these changes um, and you know when you go back to something we, we, the analogy we use a lot Peter and I know you you know you you would have heard this using this quite a lot of the three-legged stool you know where credit unions have to do more pooling resources and doing more together uh, to get the the benefit of that scale you need legislators making sure we have enabling le legislation and the final leg of that stool of course then is the regulator ensuring that we have the appropriate uh, regulations to uh, enable it as well and i suppose it, it is a point that we did raise with the minister was that it doesn't have to be and shouldn't be a linear process um, ideally, now he needs to be engaging with with the uh, the regulators to ensure that when the legislation uh, comes uh, in, into play, that the regulations are there to ensure that credit unions can immediately avail of the, the benefits of it. I, I just and just to add that because it's a really interesting point because the the minister is very keen to push ahead with this legislation which is 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 needed in the sector and he was proposing by the end of the year it should be very much advanced but then we could start a whole process of consultation at the regulatory side of things especially where there's new lending um lending being permitted there could be limits there so you know. What we indicated yesterday is that we all have to be adult about this because otherwise you could find a process where we're still here three years later. We may have our legislation, but we don't have our regulation. So, so there has to be some teamwork in relation to getting all of this over the line so credit unions can actually get out there and lend more. 
Okay, absolutely, absolutely. I think to quote Mike Ryan of the World Health Organization, uh, perfection is the enemy of speed. Um, so I, I think it probably applies here too. And just just talking about uh, uh, Kevin, sorry, just talking about the the I suppose lending limits uh, and the changes that are being made to the common bond. And I'm conscious that even reading in recent media, you know, complaints that the the, the limits need to be raised, and then the central bank coming out uh, and saying, "Well, actually, no, you've loads to lend. You're nowhere near the overall limits for the sector." Kevin, can you just tell me how the changes to the common bond will help more credit unions, you know, to to I suppose to scale up and and to lend more uh, and to use more of the limits that they have. Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, these things are all intertwined. Um, that the, um, the 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 registrar has made it very clear that there's capacity there that's not been utilised. And on the other side, then you have the issue, as Elaine explained there, where some credit unions may not have the resources to to be able to avail of that capacity. So what we're saying here is that look, um, there there's there's a number of different initiatives here that will actually allow credit unions to start taking advantage. So whether it's a credit union simply introducing uh, things like a home loan opportunity to another credit union that has the the, 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 the skills and the capability of doing it, or whether it's a, um, you know, you might have something, for example, like a, a large community loan uh, that a number of credit okay. unions may, yeah. may share. And um, so that, that you'll soon see that capacity being utilised and, you know, we would be sort of looking back then to the regulator based on um, what they did say before, uh, that when the limits were set originally uh, there when they started in January 2020, they did say that, look, at, you know, they, they're, they're open to reviewing these if they're being used. Um, so we would be calling on that. And, and in the same in the same context, um, you, you would have heard the phrase being used before around earned flexibility. So I think where we're demonstrating the ability to do these things and doing them prudently and compliantly, then um, I think it's everybody would want, you know, all, all three legs of the stool, if you like, would want um, to, to, to see uh, more of it being done. Okay. And, and just, just uh, Elaine, just tell me about a little bit about the referral, the proposal to refer business from one credit union to another. Is that prescriptive? Like, do you have to refer to the closest credit union to you? You know, is, is some form of commission or allowance payable to the other credit union? How, how is it envisaged that that will work? So it's a good question because uh, as the heads of bill get, get drafted, we will be seeking to ensure that it is not overly prescriptive. This should be a matter for the credit union to determine themselves. Now, where we will lend support then, Peter, is in relation to those legal relationships. So um, the credit unions will enter into uh, legal relationships or or contracts with each other to introduce uh, members to to one another. And as you say, you're correct, it'll be on a commission-based approach. So no, it may be a neighbouring credit union, but it does not need to be a neighbouring credit union. It could be credit unions within CUDA. Um, It could be a member that's that's seeking perhaps a, um, an SME loan, but perhaps one credit union doesn't provide it. It could be an industrial credit union that introduces it to a community credit union. So there's huge scope there, and it'll really be determined by the um, the contracts that the, the member that the credit union enter into. 
as opposed to it being prescriptive in legislation. So that's certainly the approach we, we will take. It'll be it'll be a, a, a voluntary decision by the Board of Credit Unions. It won't be a mandatory requirement that that you must offer all of these services to your members. Um, the credit union themselves can determine, the board themselves will determine what services they wish to to ref- to offer to members that they're going to refer then to their their, their colleagues in other credit unions. So it, it, it's really exciting development. I think it really will support credit unions that, as Kevin noted, doesn't have the resources to to uh, to, to offer complex lending such as mortgage and SME lending. Okay, interesting. So you could, in theory, have a, a credit union that has a particular ex, ex, expertise in a given area of lending uh, and even reinvesting investing more in that area uh, and then talking to all the credit unions around them and say look we're going to we're going to focus on this we're really good at it so if you have somebody in that area rather than you you know having to put a huge amount of resource into building that expertise within your credit union refer them to us and we'll work some arrangement between us and, and that's a really interesting way of looking at it as well so the credit unions that are investing in the more complex lending you know if they're using sam or they're they're involved in sme lending that they can then you know offer those services out to the to credit unions that don't provide um uh, those services for, for you know because of as i say competency reasons or or that they may not have the, the, the in-house uh, uh, staff or what whatever the case may be so from that perspective yes it, it's 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 really okay. interesting development interesting actually sorry kevin just as we're on that point can you just remind me what sam is um Yes, <laughs> it, it is. It actually stands for a system for application management. It, it's it's the um, it's a mortgage loan origination um, platform. Um, it was a number of credit unions were actually getting involved in providing home loans, and there was some in fairness have been doing it for years. But it was um, as, as the regulations, um, particularly post the two thousand and eight uh, collapse, the. Um, the regulations were getting stricter and stricter. There, the the credit unions had had you know they had banking systems that could do the the debits and credits very well, but there wasn't an actual origination um, support. So we 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 basically custom built this for credit unions for uh, home loans. So it takes it right from inquiry right through to um, drawdown. Um, so okay. it's, that's that's, that's exactly what it does, yeah. And like we we've seen the same. Then uh, you know, Elaine mentioned there Bizfin, which is similar. That's where three credit unions came together and decided they they'd like to get involved in the small business lending, and likewise develop that platform. And I think as well, like within this set of proposals, which they they are very forward looking. Like there are. Um, opportunities to to make it a bit easier to establish things and invest in things like kusos and shared shared organizations so i think a lot of the solid foundations that we have could well serve as a platform and a, and, a, and a, as a foundation for people for more credit unions to get involved in, in even developing those type of shared arrangements okay Okay, no, very good. And um, can I just touch on a couple of other points, if if, if you wouldn't mind, maybe for Elaine, I think. Uh, the, the legislation was there's talk about the legislation that it may enable credit unions to invest more easily in CUSOs, credit union service organisations, uh, and also then to, it may enable to the establishment of uh, corporate credit unions, which might facilitate things such as the central liquidity mechanisms. Um, 
Elaine, could you just touch on that? Just we obviously there's a, there's a lot in those in terms of what's what's possible, but maybe just a sort of a high level of what what, what you know what, what those areas could cover and the benefits. There is, and really, the devil will be in the detail now going forward, and we'll be watching it closely and working with the department as the heads of bill get drafted because uh, the the concept of um, I mean credit unions can currently. Uh, um, invest in, in CUSOs, but it's it's quite rigid. The legislation is quite archaic, and uh, there was also in relate there was guidance from the central bank, which actually created further um, confusion around investing in 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 CUSOs. And, um, uh, you know, the, back in 2018, 2019. So this is really just to modernize the, the legislation. Uh, we have a number of, of queries in relation to how it's going to work, um, uh, particularly around the, you know, the, the, the types of services that would be utilized by a CUSO as opposed to the services that would be utilized by the corporate credit union. And there is no, legislation or um, regulations around this concept of the corporate credit union. So it in its own right will need its own set of regulations. Uh, and again, we will be working with the department on this because just to ensure that the corporate credit union receives its own set of regulations um, and, and that they're not caught up within the limits that that, that apply to, the, to credit unions. So Perhaps we see things like um, like the corporate credit union could, for example, have a, a lending license, and as you rightly noted, you know the, it'll really be a mechanism for things like the central liquidity uh, system, which which has been muted now over a number of years too. Uh, while it's not a requirement today, it could be a requirement going forward. So again, it's just modernising the legislation. Uh, to allow credit unions to consider these options and and in particular to collaborate and and really I think going forward for, for a lot of the lending opportunities it, it's about collaboration and and then about um you know advertising on a collective basis and and uh, letting members aware that those services are, are now available through the credit union okay okay thanks Elaine uh, just before we conclude, uh, Kevin, could you just take us through what what what, what uh, credit unions can expect? What are the next steps? What can we expect over the next few months? Uh, what what happens now, Peter, is that um, following the, that very productive um, meeting yesterday, um, the basically heads of bill, as as Elaine mentioned there, the heads of bill will be drafted, uh, or they actually are being drafted. Um, it will go to cabinet then for uh, for government support and uh, basically approval there to proceed to uh, to legislation. So the intent really is to 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 have this uh, to to get us to that point before the 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 summer recess um, with a an overall view of trying to have this thing um, implemented by uh, the end of twenty twenty two by this year. Okay, well, it certainly it certainly sounds very positive for credit unions. So that concludes our podcast on the Department of Finance review of the credit union policy framework. I hope it gives listeners a better understanding of what's been proposed and the impact it may have. I'd like to thank Elaine Lark, Head of Legal and Compliance with CUDA, and Kevin Johnson, CEO of CUDA, for sharing their extensive knowledge on the subject. I hope you all found it of use, and if you did, don't forget to listen into our other podcasts in the same series. Thank you.